Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. I'm excited to preach the Word tonight. We're going to have a bit of fun in church and um, we're going to go straight into it. We're going to go to Joshua 1, Joshua 1. And before we read, I just kind of have to give you the episode recap to keep you up to date. And so basically, the Israelites have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Now they had to learn some lessons in the wilderness. They had to learn to go to God as the promiser before the promises. And um, at the end of this, uh, Moses has just passed away and Joshua is being appointed as the new leader of Israel. And so God's saying, hey, we are going places, Joshua. Well, I mean, we're got, your, your reach is going to be um, extended further. You're, you're going to become into a prominence of a nation. Um, you're going to have influence as a nation. So Joshua, here's what you need to know. And so the Scripture, you can read with me. I'll read on these screens. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then... You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. It says your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. And then it says, be strong and not just courageous, be strong and very courageous Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And then if you didn't get it the first time, by the way, if you didn't get it the second time, he's about to say it again, but he says, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. And here we go, just in case you missed it. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And the title of my message tonight is this, what is it going to take? What is it going to take? Why don't we pray together before we go any further? Father God, we just thank You for Your Word, that it is alive and active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so God, would You, um, would Your Word um, be revealed in a new way to us tonight? Lord, would it allow us to leave this place different, leave this place changed, and that You would do what only You can do in Jesus' Name. Amen. Now, I don't know when you go on holiday. When you go on a holiday, you realise that there are different types of packers in this world. I I discovered a new one this week. Um, Jess Pedlow introduced me to gadget packing. I've never known this was a thing, but she has about three thousand gadgets just for her trip. And the fact. 
that they are being sold on the internet will tell you that they have their own category of packers. So there are the gadget packers, there are the overpackers. Any overpackers in the room? These are the mums. You don't just have plan A, you've got plan A, B, C, all the way to Z. You pack summer clothes for a winter holiday. You pack winter clothes for a summer holiday. You are the overpackers. Now I like the overpackers. I'll tell you why, not because I am one, because I am a light packer. I rely on the overpackers. In fact, I grew up with three older sisters and a mum, so I didn't just pack light, I packed it beneath what I needed. I never brought jackets, I didn't have to bring half my clothes because I know they've got five of each of their things. So I'm like, I'll borrow their stuff. I did this with some friends a few years back. They didn't seem to like that approach as much. Just saying, I didn't realise, like, I learned sharing is caring. They learned, um, get your own. And so I was like, okay, whatever. So then there's the light packets and then there's the last minute packets. Um, I just don't like you. You're just disorganised. I'm just saying. I'm intentional with my light packing. I'm strategic with my light packing. You guys, you just need to get it together. I'm just saying, you stress everyone out. But it doesn't matter what type of packer you are, whether you're a light packer, overpacker, whatever type of packer. Here's the thing. Everyone packs the essentials. You don't forget the essentials. They are the first things that need to go in your bag. These are your like toothpaste, unless you're a grub and you've got some hygiene issues that you need to sort out. You've got your toothpaste, you've got your toothbrush, you've got your clothes, you've got your underwear. These are your essentials. Now, what God is saying to Joshua is, hey, Josh, we're about to go on a journey. But here's the thing, Joshua, you're going to need two things. These are your two essentials. This is what it's going to take. You're going to need strength, and you're gonna need courage. You're gonna need strength and you're gonna need courage. And, and, and the words, if I can expand your understanding around these words, so, so to, be, to have strength was to be able to prevail. It was to be resolute. And, and to have courage was to be bold, to be alert and to be unwavering. So in the journey I am taking you, you're going to need strength, and you're going to need courage. Now, I don't know about you, but I've realised and I've noticed in the Christian life that faith is a walk. I fundamentally believe that faith is a walk. It's a day by day, it's a step by step. But I have also discovered that sometimes faith requires a leap, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more than a step. It's just a leap. And, and, and Joshua, he had been, he'd been chilling in the background. He'd been faithful in the background. He'd seen the promises before other people wanted to see them. And now he, was his time. This was his step up moment. This was his step out moment. This was his leap of faith to say, actually, God, yes, I will do that. Actually, yeah, I will lead the people. And we have these, these big moments in our faith. We have these big moments. Often we think these are the moments that define us, but it's actually the seasons that follow that define us. I remember I went cliff jumping and 
we were, we were jumping into some, I don't know, water area, but um, it may have been local to the area. You weren't actually allowed to jump off this cliff, but I must have missed the yellow tape and the do not jump sign as I crawled beneath it. Whoops. Um, but I, I'm with my friend and um, she doesn't care. Like she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to jump off this cliff. And I'm like, Okay, so there's no external pressure from my friend, but there's this internal pressure that I have to do this. Like, I'll give you a picture into my mind. I was on my honeymoon with my husband and we're skimming rocks and um, he's like killing it, like he's so good at it. And usually I'm like pretty good at this stuff, but I was struggling and I blamed the rocks I was choosing. And he's like, all right, like, let's go. And I was like, excuse me. We will not go anywhere until I get this. Like, I just had to prove to myself that I could do this. So when it came to the jump, I was like, there's no external pressure. There was just this thing that I need to jump. I need to do that. Never done a jump like this before, but I needed to show myself that I could do that. So I get up the top of the cliff, climb under the yellow tape. I see these two gentlemen and they're like talking to each other. They're like, no, you go. And then the other one's like, no, you go. And they're like, no, you go. And they're going back and forth. And I'm like, please move out my way because I'm coming through. I'm not wasting time. I'm not hesitating. I'm going to jump. And so my moment was here. I woke up. I jump. Now, what I didn't realise, because I've never done a jump before, I didn't realise what happens to your stomach when you jump from such a height. I didn't realise my stomach would be swimming in the ocean before I got there. Like I didn't know the sinking feeling that would come after the leap. And then I land in an obscure position because I was so not expecting it. And then I've got to swim back. And so I didn't know what to expect after the leap. And so it is with us sometimes. We have these big moments of faith. We get the vision. We're in, we're in the atmosphere of faith. We've got the lights. We've got the keys playing. We, we, we feel God telling us to take a shift with our career and we say yes. And it's one thing to say yes, but then you have to walk it out. It's not just the leap because it's the seasons that follow. It wouldn't be Joshua's public appointment that would define him. It would be his daily devotion that would define him. So we have these moments where we jump up and then the sinking feeling comes. And the reason we get this sinking feeling is because we know he was there in the big times, in the, in the high moments, but we question if he'll be there in the lows too. We question if he'll be there in the daily devotion. I remember the first time I preached, I was in year eight. And um, my, I, when I was going to school, I had a, a middle school. So that was years five to eight. But um, they, they said, hey, the, your year eight grade is going to run the assembly. Now, two months before we ran this assembly, I'm sitting at home by myself reading a Christian biography about a gangster who gets saved. It's got nothing to do with preaching. It's just what I wanted to read. As I'm reading this, I get this thought come to mind. You're going to preach at your middle school. I'm like, preach at my middle school? I start thinking about the thought. I'm like, this thought doesn't sound like something I want to do. This thought doesn't sound like something I would come up with. So I think maybe, maybe this is God. So I get out my little iPod touch and I write it down, preach at my middle school. 
As I'm writing it down, the number 60 comes to mind. I'm like, 60? What are you talking about, 60? Like 60 salvations? Oh, now this is getting real crazy. As if 60 salvations in my middle school? Oh, I don't know about that. But I'm like, maybe, maybe it's crazy enough to be God. So then a month later, they say, hey, you ready to run in the assembly? Can you read some scripture? I said, yes. As I said that, I'm thinking, you're gonna change your mind. You're gonna say, can you talk instead? A week later, they say, hey, Tali, instead of reading some scripture, can you actually just do a talk around it? I say, yes, no worries, I will do that. My friend was gonna talk before me. She can play the keys. And I knew I would have to do a salvation call. So without telling any of the teachers, without telling anyone running this assembly, I tell her, hey, I need you to play the keys because I'm gonna do a salvation call. So in the lead up to this day, man, I'm praying. I'm like, God, 60 people, this is the craziest thing I have ever heard of in my middle school. I'm like praying, I'm like giving everything. And then the day comes, I get my friend and say, you and me, we're going in the back room and we're praying. And so we're praying together before this assembly. She talks. Now it's my time, I go to talk. I'm like, okay, here we go. She comes up, play the keys, and I start doing my salvation call. I'm like, here we go. I gave everything I knew on the love of God as a year eight student. Man, my heart had been captivated for the last year. So I give everything I got, and here's the salvation call. And I'm like, if you wanna know God personally, I'm gonna give you a count to three. And if that's you, you can raise your hand. And so, here I am counting to three going, oh God, just please one. Like, I don't know, this is it. If this doesn't go well, man, like, oh Lord, I haven't told anyone I'm doing this. Oh Lord, just please one. And, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking 60 people. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so one, two, three. And I'm like, like, let me look up. I see hands shoot up across the auditorium. I'm talking like hands everywhere. And I'm like, what? There is a God. I was like, hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. I'm like, you all, come on. We're gonna come to the front. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And they all come to the front and they all face the, the, the crowd. And I was like, oh, that's not what I'm used to, but cool. So I'm like in front of them and I'm leading them into the prayer. And my sister was there that day. She takes a photo. I look back through the photo and I count how many people were up on that altar call. 60 people on that altar call that day. So there was my leap. That was my big faith step. I'm like, okay, Jesus, here we go. And then the sinking feeling came. Oh, now I'm not in the background. Oh, now everyone's gonna know every day I walk into that school that I'm the Christian. And, I, and they did. Every day from that point forward, when I walked into that school, they know Talia, oh, she's the Christian. And then you've got people looking at you in a different way. They're looking at how you treat your teachers. They're looking at how you go about your work. They're looking about how you, you treat your parents. I mean, as you increase, as, as Joshua was being appointed in leadership, do you know other nations would begin to watch what they're doing? And this was my leap. And then the sinking feeling came was I was like, oh God, I need you in the everyday. So he says, Josh, here's the thing, Joshy, Josh, listen up, Josh. Um, be strong and courageous, because I'm with you, right? Not just in the highs, not just in the, but be strong and courageous. In fact, don't look to the left 
Don't look to the right, but keep my word on your lips. Now they had the Torah, they had the law at the time. Do you know we have the Word of God as our guiding light, as the lamp unto our feet, as the light unto our path. We have the Word of God. The Holy Spirit reveals the Word of God. So He says, hey, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. And it would be easy to do that because as they increased in prominence and influence as a nation, they would encounter nations with different patterns of thinking, with different gods that they're following. And it would be easier to look to that and go, oh, are we doing the right thing here? I mean, they would come to wars at Jericho, right? It was a city who had built wars. They had been wandering in the desert for how many years? They didn't have no wars. And this city's built wars. I mean, you could have thought, well, they seem to have it together. I mean, these wars, like, I mean, these, these people seem to know what they're doing. God, like, are you really in this? You know why scams work? They look like the truth. They look like success. It looks like it's going to be prosperous. If you look to the left and you look to the right and, and, and you look and you go, hang on, why are they successful? But if you don't know the story of Jericho, those walls come crumbling down. The things not founded on God are bound to come crumbling down. So what doesn't? The Word of God. What remains the same yesterday, today and forever? It's the Word of God. So he says, I need you to meditate on it. I need you to not just think about it. I need you to begin to speak about it. To, to meditate wasn't, wasn't just about pondering, but it was about speaking it. But it's hard to speak about something you don't know about. Ask me about cooking. I can talk your head off. Ask me about sport. I can tell you everything. You ask me about cars. I've got nothing because I don't know about it. So if, you, if you're going to be able to speak about it, it needs to be in you. You need to have it in you. That's why they say, be, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to, because what you watch and what you listen to will get in you. And what is in you will come out of you. So Joshua, here's the thing. You're going to need to meditate on my words. On my truth. Because these things to your left and to your right, they change. They're going by different patterns. And it says, do not conform to the patterns of these worlds, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the Word of God can renew your mind. So don't look to the left. Don't look to the, to the right. But meditate on my Word, Joshua. Meditate on my word. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Do you know what separated good kings from bad kings in the Old Testament was how they treated the temple. Now the temple hosted the presence of God. Now in the New Testament, you've got to know this. It says your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. So what the, the, the things you have on the inside, they matter. I love what Pastor Ali was saying, that we would make room in our heart, that we would make room in our temple for the Holy Spirit. There's a great king, his name was King Hezekiah. And in fact, the description and what God is saying to Joshua, hey, don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. 
hey, meditate on my word. That is how they describe King Hezekiah. He was that. He didn't look to the left, what other nations doing. He didn't look to the right, but he held fast to the word. And what he did is he restored the temple. He made room for God's presence. And this began to set Hezekiah apart as a leader. This began to put him on the map. This was kind of his leap, but then what would follow is how he would walk it out. He had to walk it out after he stepped out. And so in holding fast to the Word of God, what came was challenges. What came was adversity. What came actually was words of discouragement. And in fact, in King Hezekiah's reign, there was the the Assyrian army. They had conquered nations to the left and to the right. And it was easy for him to go, whoa, we have no hope here. They had beat everyone around Hezekiah's nation. And then they said, hey, we're coming for you next. We're coming to get you next. You don't, you think, you think you got it? Nah, what's your confidence in? You're confident because of God? Please. Didn't you just see? Didn't you just see the way we conquered all those other nations? You know what they start doing? Words of discouragement, words of doubt. They come against his faith, they come against his reputation, they come against his character, they come against their future. Oh, really? Oh, really? You think you're better than all those other nations? What is it? Because you believe in God? Seriously? Seriously? What makes you so different? Hezekiah, he was the Christian. Hezekiah held fast to the ways of God. Hezekiah knew the truth of God. And so when the lies came, Hezekiah knew what to do. And so these officials, they come to the gate of Judah, which is Hezekiah's nation. They come to the gate and you know what? They start saying things. Seeds of discouragement, seeds of discouragement, seeds of discouragement. They don't just say it to Hezekiah, they say it to the people he's leading. Really trying to stir the pot. They're coming against him. Do you know, every big step of faith I have made in my Christian walk has been met by words of discouragement. There's been, it says, you know, your tongue holds the power of life and death. And there's been death spoken over some of the God dreams. When I got off that stage for the first time, I went to my two closest friends and what I was met with wasn't, hey, great job, Talia. It was a cutting remark. It was a word of discouragement. It was a word of discouragement. Every big step I've made. You know, maybe you're in the room and you've had death spoken over some dreams of yours. You've had death spoken over your future. You've had death spoken over your character. And we're like, well, we trusted God in the big moment, but God, in the unseen places, where are you? Hey, when these words come, what do we do? See, this is what King Hezekiah did. If we can get the Scripture up, that would be great. It says, after Hezekiah Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple. He went up to the Lord's temple and he spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord, God of Israel, You are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. 
You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. You see, what Hezekiah knew to do is to take the lies, confront them in the presence of God. So he gets the scroll, he goes to the temple and he lays it out in the presence of God. And you know, just because Hezekiah had faith, it didn't mean those words didn't hurt. He actually came to God in distress, going like, God, I, I, I don't know what to do here. He comes to God with his pain. He comes to God with the hurt and he lays it out in the presence of God. And he begins to pray. He begins to pray. Here's the thing, when, when seeds of discouragement come, do you know what we often do? We get them, we pick them up, we put them in our bag and we keep walking. Next one, here's, here's another seed of doubt. Yep, that's in the bag, keep walking. Another seed of discouragement here, yep, we keep walking. And then you find that you are beginning to be weighed down by the discouragement and the words of death spoken against you. I mean, they start to make you weary. They start to exhaust you. Because these, that's why we need encouragement. That's why we need courage. We need to be uplifted. Seeds of discouragement. They have a way of weighing you down. You once believed, you once believed in the, the dream He put in you and now you're like, I don't know anymore. But here's the thing. I know what you're thinking. Some of you here today, you're going strength and courage. If that's what it takes, I don't have it. Strength and courage. Talia, I feel weak. I feel weary. I feel exhausted. Strength and courage. I don't have what it takes. Here's the thing. Strength and courage, they're not something you manufacture. It's not something you create on your own. It's not something you have to conjure up. Strength and courage, they are birthed in the presence of God. Oh, I don't have what I need. When you come to the end of yourself and you admit you need God, that's where you find the strength. Because you are weak, He is strong. That's where you'll find your strength. Oh, I don't know, God, I, I don't have the courage because anyone can have the courage for one leap. But it's another thing to have courage for the journey. It's another thing to have courage for the everyday. God, I don't know if I have the strength. I don't know if I have the courage. He says, do not be afraid. Why? Because I'm with you. His presence is with you. He goes before you. Do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged for I am your God. I will take you by the right hand and I will walk you forward. Hey, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil. Why? Because His presence is with you. His presence is with you. So I wanna open the altars tonight. Because maybe, maybe tonight you've had words of discouragement spoken against you. Maybe tonight you're going, actually, I feel weak. I feel discouraged. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna open the we're gonna open the altars. 
We're going to begin to worship together. Some of you, you're going to have to take those words and you're going to have to lay them out before God. You're going to have to confront them with the truth of God. You're going to begin to pray. You know, there's going to be some people not even getting prayed for on the altar, but you're just going to need to pray yourself. And because what Hezekiah realised is my God is bigger than these words against me. My God remains the same yesterday, today and forever. My God is far greater than this here. And it's in the presence of God that these things become little. They don't hold the power anymore. They don't hold the power anymore. There's been, there's been seriously been some words spoken against you that have held the power over your, the way you see yourself, over the way you see your future. And, and tonight on the altar, you're gonna deal with that. Because He's gonna reveal, that's not what I say about you. You are my beloved. Oh, I love you so much. I have plans and purposes to prosper you. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the lies on the left and the right. So would you stand with me, church? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.